0: Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace Show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan.
1: We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you.
0: We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics.
1: Come join the conversation now. Welcome to exploring the marketplace. I'm Bob Haston with my co-host Sean Bowles. Sean, who do we have on today?
0: I'm excited about our guest today. His name is Reverend Percy McRae Jr. And he spent more than 20 years ministering to cancer patients and their caregivers at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, but he really has gone after this in such a profound way. He's an ordained minister, but he's also a cancer survivor, and has been pastoring since 1993, Bob. But he's mm-hmm. been raising up thousands of churches to understand how to pray for the caregivers the families, the cancer patients, and the medical treatment people, like the doctors, the nurses, the staffs, for people who are dealing with cancer. And this is huge because this is such a a battle that almost all of us have someone in our lives, our families, our extended families who are dealing with this. But there's very little in the church that we've had to offer in spiritual support. And so he's offering spiritual support. He's created this incredible organization. Again, they have tons of free trainings online. And we're going to get to hear the story on why he did this, but also some of the wins that they've had as an organization.
1: Oh, that's so great. Well, up next, Reverend Percy.
0: Bob, you and I are passionate about people in the marketplace being equipped to hear God's voice. And so we put together a book. Tell us about it.
1: It's called Wired to Hear. And 99% of us are out in the marketplace. We're not in the professional vocational ministry. And this book is for you if you want to learn how to hear God in the marketplace.
0: And it's very practical, but it's also very in-depth and spiritual with actionable steps, great chapters about defining your process when you're trying to hear God's voice. And I just think with the expertise of my coaching and Bob's long-term career and advice giving you're going to feel the both of us together something synergized that's really beautiful and it's just for you get wired to hear at bullsministries.com and you're also going to get a free teaching series only available if you buy it from us at bullsministries.com with business leaders just like you who are sharing their process of hearing God's voice how they are wired to hear and it's going to so help you as Bob and I navigate these conversations they're going to bring the book home into your everyday practice Get your book today we are back with Reverend Percy. We're so glad you're here, and we're so glad for what you do. I think our audience is going to be so fascinated. Both from we've all had somebody who's passed away from cancer, who's overcome cancer in our lives, and some of our viewers, I'm sure, are some of those people as well who've overcome cancer or are battling cancer. But also, you're you're so inspiring people in a faith based way to do this. And we have the other group of people who's listening and watching, and they're starting organizations or they're in the middle of this place of like going into how do I do this myself? Or how do I do this kind of thing? It's impact a health industry, impact an industry. And so you're very inspirational for two groups of people right now, but welcome.
2: Well, it's a pleasure to be here. And thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to this conversation.
1: Oh, Reverend Priest, so do we. Well, let's start, take us back to, to your early life and your journey that led you to what you're doing now. Well,
2: a very serendipitous path, for sure. You know, I started out, I grew up in church all my life. I'm a third-generation pastor on my mom's side of the family, and I knew I was called into the ministry when I was about 15 and avoided and ran and tried to deny (laughs) that calling. Oh man! Uh, I I tried to run as far away from the ministry as I possibly could, and uh, the Lord finally arrested my attention when I was about 28 years old as a result of a near fatal accident that my dad had experienced and mm. uh, he was disabled as a result of that. And still to this day, and the Lord was like, listen, are you going to do what I asked you to do? Cause I saw my life kind of flash before me and I realized that, you know, life can be fleeting and quick. And so uh, I made the decision to say yes. And so wow. moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was living in Charleston, South Carolina. I was selling cars for a living, believe it or not. And the Lord said, I need you to, to, to do what I asked you to do. So, Went back to church, got myself together, decided to go to Bible college and went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Graduated from Bible college and an organization called Cancer Treatment Centers of America knocked on my door and asked if I would be willing to do healthcare ministry inside of a local hospital. Oh, wow. And I was not aware of that type of ministry. I was focused on being a pastor, and I said, I'll give this a try. And here I am almost three decades later, Wow! Uh, still working in that capacity. And there's a lot that went into that, but that, that's the quick version of how I got here.
0: Wow. I just think it's so fascinating that you took that on because I, I bet you a lot of people are listening, don't know there's a lot available in this space and you raise up thousands of people now who are trained in your organization to to help people and both the caregivers the families i mean you guys are so multifaceted in your focus but talk about just the early impact what was the thing that kept you going or made you say this is it this is i need to focus on this cuz that that can't be easy
2: well it yeah, it's a very unique ministry no question about it and at that time you know i i knew very little if anything about chaplaincy and healthcare ministry, you know, all I knew was parish-based pastorate ministry. Mm -hmm. And you know what really kept me going was just how inspiring it was. And yes, it is difficult. Cancer care ministry is tough. But it's a calling like anything else. Don't ask me to do your taxes because I'm not good with numbers (laughs) or calculator, right? But I found out that I was perfectly wired and structured for this type of ministry of day-to-day in the trenches, if you will, with people fighting for their life with cancer. And what kept me motivated and keeps me motivated to this day is the fact that cancer patients are the most courageous and resilient group of people on planet Earth. And they keep coming back and they keep fighting. And I found myself just being a partner and, and being able to support them and that that's what I was called to do. And then to basically at some point raise up additional leaders inside of local churches to do the same thing inside of their local congregations. I am continually amazed at the mental emotional and spiritual disposition of the average cancer patient who is willing to endure and fight for their life and it is a privilege to be able to partner wow. with people who are doing that
1: i i can tell by your personality that you're you're infectious you you love people i'm sure you have an incredible measure of compassion but i think it's the courage that you give people when you walk in the door that must really minister to them just for you to be able to come and sit talk to us about what some of your visits look like, and maybe some stories of patients who have really marked you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've learned so much from the cancer community. I'm a different person. I'm a different man. I'm a different minister as a result. Quick story that that pops to surface, a couple of them, is that I remember the day just before we were about to conduct our Wednesday worship service. We conduct Wednesday worship services at all of our facilities inside of the hospital, where either patients can come or by closed circuit TV, they can view so they can pray and kind of get into the, the word of God. And a family, family members of a particular lady that I'd been supporting uh, came and asked me if I go to her bedside, that she was in a coma that the doctor had just mm-hmm. told them that there was nothing more clinically that could be done for her. And would I come and pray for her in her bedside? And I did. And I knew her very well. Her name is Gloria Bailey. I've been given permission by her family and by Gloria to use her name. And Gloria was unresponsive. And we just simply prayed and said, Lord, if it's your will, bring her back. Mm. And, you know, 30 seconds later, she popped her eyes open <sighs> and responded. And she said, I could hear you praying for me. But at first I could not respond or answer to you. And so that's an example of just you go home different after an yeah. experience like that. You can't be yeah. the same individual. And this was after all of the clinical care that could have been provided to her had exhausted, you know, its resources. Wow. We called upon the name of the Most High, and she responded and lived another 18 or 20 years after that. I saw her granddaughter grow up, and to this day, I carry Gloria Bailey in my heart because it literally shifted my thinking around the importance of being available to support people walking through the journey of cancer in their most dire moments. Well,
0: I love that because I love there's a miracle story in the center of this, but I also love that you look at the care itself as miraculous and the goal, and so you're not just looking for someone to get healed. You're that's you're not setting people up for just that. You're setting people up for the whole process of supporting, again, the family, the caregivers, the doctors. The, you've raised up, you guys have trained medical professionals as well. And I think that's really important because I think a lot of Christians, when we think about, you know, being equipped to go pray for people in a hospital, we're only looking at the end of goal, like to see the fruit of you know healing, and then that's when it's real, versus like, no, Jesus walked with people. Jesus held hands. Jesus held children. Like, there was these moments. So talk about that part, because that part's not as ministered to in the body of Christ,
2: and especially you're doing it organizationally. You're raising people up for it. You're exactly right. One of the dynamics and misnomers, unfortunately, with regard to faith-based ministry, to addressing the issues of sickness and disease, is that we're looking for the miraculous, right? We have an expectation and a hope, and and, and we have biblical reference to, to believe for that. But the other side of that, after, again, going on now th- almost three decades— is that everybody that you pray for is not necessarily going to be miraculously healed. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, I've seen many cancer patients, pastors, pastors, wives, family members who, you know, we prayed for healing, but they did not receive their healing and and eventually transition. But it wasn't so much about, and this is a huge, I think, Western culture mentality about winning and losing, Mm -hmm. you know, how we define if you won or if you lost. But it's about the journey along the way. And as I often tell people, cancer patients get to drive the bus. It's their experience. And we've been allowed to ride alongside of them and to help support them and be, you know, that support along the way. Whether they overcome their battle of cancer or if they don't, it is the moments, the seconds, the months, the days, the hours in between of an unbelievable experience of love, compassion and support. I've seen family members reunited. I've seen families rejoin together, forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's all part of the ministry of Jesus Christ as well, right? And so this is also true for the average cancer patient. They're working through issues and dynamics of life that need to be resolved along the path of physical healing, and we get to help them do that. And now we are equipping well over 3,000 churches now internationally on how to walk along the side of a cancer patient, whether they are healed or not, they did not lose, they still won because we know that they're in glory with God. And so we don't measure or keep the score of did they win their battle or lose their battle? Were we available and were we accessible to help walk them through that day-to-day process mentally Emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And it is an important ministry that every local church needs to have. And we're here to eradicate the void of not having that available to cancer patients.
1: So, so tell us, uh, Reverend Percy, how do churches who are listening or people who represent churches who are listening or watching on CBN News, how do they get a hold of your organization and, and get trained?
2: Well, first, go to our website, Our Journey of Hope, not a Journey of Hope, not the Journey of Hope, our Journey of Hope.com. And we have everything outlined right there. And this program is free of charge, by the way. So I need to make sure that everybody is aware of that, that we provide all of the training and the resources and the curriculum, all free of charge, sponsored by. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which is now City of Hope. We have just been acquired by a, a larger wow. healthcare system. Wow. So we are now part of, I think, the fifth largest healthcare system in the United States yeah. of America with this program. And you can go to ourjourneyofhope.com. You can sign up for free training and see where we are offering online virtual training to anyone that represents the faith community, part of a local congregation. And you can get involved so that you can go back to your local church and start right away.
0: Now, part of this show is we're exploring the marketplace. So we're exploring like, I'm going to go and exploring how God builds these kinds of organizations for people like you and I. So kind of take us back into, did you ever dream that you were going to be, because this is kind of the thing for the Church for Cancer. This is this is the best expression in Christianity that I know of for to help people with cancer, to help medical professionals, to help local churches. Did you ever dream that you would be pioneering and forerunning something that is now kind of a... a an expression of the church that's never existed before in this magnitude and then kind of walk back a little bit. Like was there a prophetic indicator, so to speak that you were supposed to do it on this level? Cause most people would reverends are going to go, okay, I'm just going to help my hospital here and be a chaplain. But you've like gone to like not 2.0, but like 10.0 in this.
2: Yeah, I've lived an amazing life. If today was my last day on planet Earth, I would have no reason to have anything to complain about. I've mm-hmm. superseded every thought, dream and imagination. Mm-hmm. And this was not part of anything that I even considered uh, <laughs> at, at all. It wasn't. I was still working at Federal Express as a courier. And I took a month leave of Athens to say, I'll see how this kind of works out. Right. And so, uh but <laughs> well, once I got started and 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 when the Lord kind of began to slowly, you know, sort of like Abraham, like, hey, I want you to leave your kindred. I need you to go walk in a direction. I'll reveal the rest of it to you as you move along. Like Abraham, I don't think that if God told me then what what I would be doing eventually and where I am today, I don't think that I would have been able to process it at all. And so. It was, it was a step-by-step process, a year-by-year kind of dynamic, and it kept building and growing. And for people who are listening, who are starting out trying to obey the will of God, never forget that God never gives you the total plan of where he's going to take you initially. He's taking you, and he's only going to give you bits and pieces and little breadcrumbs, and he's expecting you to walk by faith because he's going to reveal that more so to you later because you're not going to be able to process the enormity of it at that time. Because again, you're thinking, and I was thinking about going to my local church, start uh, going back to start a local church and be a pastor. So this was just kind of a placemat for me for a minute. And I was going to see what this looked like and waiting to transfer back to Chicago, which is my hometown. And then I had an experience one day. So to kind of help you understand how God peeled the onion back for me, I was talking to a patient. She was in very bad shape. She was very weak and feeble, and we were doing some documentation, and she could barely hold a pen in her hand. And so I ministered to her, again, just the words of faith and hope and encouragement. She came back 30 days later. She looked like a different person. She walked in under her own power, and she said, you know, that was one of the most amazing things that happened to me, along with my good medical treatment and care, was the spiritual support that I received. And I'm not getting that from my local church. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to sit down and meet with my pastor and his friends of ministers and his consortium, and just share what you guys do at the bedside wow. at this organization? And so I put a little PowerPoint together. You know, I wow. put a little PowerPoint together. Wow. I went and met with them one evening in in their hall. It was about twenty five pastors, and from that moment, the Lord said there is a need and a void in the faith community that they know nothing about healthcare ministry because no one ever taught them. They know theology. They know doxology. They know anyology that you can think of, but they don't know anything about practical day-to-day hands-on ministry to the sick. And particularly from a cancer perspective, I want you to lead that charge and start a program. I went back to the organization. I made a pitch. I convinced the senior leadership to let me try and do this. And they said, why do you want to do this? I said, because Uh, if we will take care of what's precious to God, God will take care of what's precious to us. And Mm -hmm. that's how we started 18, almost 19 years ago. And here we are well over, almost probably 4,000 churches internationally that has been trained to start cancer care ministries. Not in a million years would I've ever imagined or thought that that would be what I would do and how I would have gotten to this point in place. And I'm so grateful.
1: What does it look like for you leading an organization, both Uh, within the organization and the org chart, and with over 4,000 global churches, what does your day, typical day, look like? And the follow-up to that is, are you still able to get out to the hospital, to the bedside?
2: Yeah, I don't do bedside ministry any longer. Uh, I am working primarily in a, as you said, a global leadership role. I am the National Director of Faith-Based Services, and and that role is probably going to expand even further based upon some recent conversations as we continue to look with the, the new affiliation with City of Hope yeah. in terms of how do we continue to engage the underserved portions of our community around the message of health and wellness. But my day-to-day activity is managing all of the moving pieces with regard to uh, what's on our website, the content. And then helping to provide support to all of our regional leaders who actually do the our Journey of Hope trainings. I, I have a dotted line relationship to those fellows. They are amazing in Chicago and Phoenix and in Atlanta, Georgia, with regard to their ministry there in their local hospitals, as they are part of the day-to-day patient care that they provide. And I did that for 18 years. And so I provide leadership and support to those fellows. And then, of course, as mentioned, I have my own podcast that I do. On, on a weekly basis, I think we're over three hundred thousand people that listen on a weekly basis now wow. to health, hope, and inspiration. So I do a lot of this right here. What we're doing yeah. here: recording, yeah. editing, you know, scheduling people to talk to, and it's primarily cancer patients and caregivers and fo- clinicians who are talking about the conversation of cancer and how does faith, you know, work with that inside of the halls of medicine and science and the respective balance between the two so that we don't have, as we were talking just before we got online, you know, it's not all faith, it's not all medicine and science, but what is the amalgamation and the proper balance of the two working together to really affect change and benefit to those who are sitting in those scenarios and in those beds, uh, looking and hopefully trying to be well and and find a cure for their cancer or find a a, a resolve for their situation from a healthcare perspective. So Health, Hope and Inspiration, it's an award-winning podcast. And we give cancer patients a platform. They need and want to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And I provide a platform for them to do that.
0: I'm so excited you do that because I know for me, I've had several friends who've overcome cancer and they're just infectious with their their oh. joy and their fight for life. Like I'm thinking of one of our friends, Julie Bennett, who her and her husband are pastors here in Malibu. And and Julie just, she inspires me. I just, when I think of hard times, I mean, I think of Julie's life and I'm just like, yes, we're I want that fight. I want what's inside. So it's interesting because like if you've been around somebody who's beat cancer or fought really hard in the right way, you think of them first when you're thinking of a battle in life, even before a lot of times like a pastor or before someone else, because there's something about that life and death. But I, I want you to debunk some of the myths that common Christians believe just because I saw them on your website As far as when we pray for somebody, again, I kind of mentioned it, like a lot of times the goal is only just supernatural healing. And then because of that, if they don't get it, it's like we lose some of our motivation to pray for them, or they might feel shame or guilt. Or a lot of times people come and say, "This is you open the door to sin, that's why you have cancer, it's generational, whatever. Talk about some of those myths and debunk those for us.
2: Yeah, for just a quick second to take a step back, there is nothing like being in the presence of a cancer survivor or a cancer fighter. Yeah, They are amazing people to be around. Their energy is infectious, and it for will sure. literally change your life. If you are kind of complaining about life, spend a day with a cancer fighter or a ca- cancer patient or someone who has survived. Yeah, all my excuses won't go away when I think of yeah, Julie. Yeah, I'm they, like, they, they, they I'm so really tired
0: really, today. I'm like, no, I'm not tired today. They Julie will inspire you. Talking. They will truly yeah. inspire you. <laughs>
2: But yeah, there there are some things that we need to be mindful of and we need to make some adjustments with, particularly from a faith-based perspective, when we're addressing or attempting to support cancer patients. Number one, we need not to associate one's cancer with sin. This is the number one issue. It drives me crazy because it's so unfair and it's so wrong. Remember Job's friends when they came by to visit Job? and said, man, what did you do? You must have have gotten out of the will of God, right? And the fact of the matter is Job was a just and upright man, the Bible tells us. And so to associate cancer and sin together is just wrong. And it's because we don't know what else to say. We don't know what else to do. So we kind of dig into that bag and we'll pull that card out. Because really, we're kind of stifled by, well, what do I say now? What do I do? (laughs) So we'll, We'll say, well, you know, you must have gotten out of the will of God. So never, ever associate someone's cancer or their journey of cancer with sin in their life. It's not fair. There was a person that disciples came across and said, a man who was born blind from birth. And the question was, who sinned in his life, his mother, his father, or did he sin? And Jesus made an astounding statement. He said, no one sinned here. This was allowed to happen so that the will of God can be displayed in his life. And so we need to stop trying to associate black and white cause and effect with cancer in people's life. It may be true that, you know, lifestyle practices, you know, dietary, eating habits, environmental dynamics may have been a part of that. But to associate direct sin in a person's life with cancer is not fair. How about this? Uh, If someone, particularly if they pass away from cancer and we say, well, if they only had enough faith, I've heard pastors say it, I've heard it preached at funerals, and it has driven me bananas at the end of the day. So to associate and to say that if people only had enough faith, they would be healed, it's just unfair and theologically not correct. So I'll take yeah, the heat from that for you guys. Well, it
0: uh, makes God look bad. It makes it, God it look like he's a
2: loving God. Exactly. I was at a conference and, you know, I do a lot of conferences and I speak and present. And one lady came up to me. She said, we don't need to talk about this. Our journey of hope, cancer care, leadership training program. You just need to train people on how to get healed. And I was yeah. like, and she was so mad at me because we're talking about practical application of oh. ministry. Versus this kind of cookie cutter or this microwave oven instantaneous, we're going to speak the word or there's an algorithm or we're going to, you know, spit on somebody or we're going to lay hands <laughs> on someone and we're going to look at them a certain way and poof, you know, everything is just going to go away after almost 30 years of praying with and for cancer patients. Many and most of the patients that I prayed for have had to go through and endure a process of medical treatment wow. and care and receive their healing in that regard. And in some of the cases they did not, but never associate a lack of faith with regard to why people are sick or why they are not healed. And then I think lastly, the big thing is basically associating with with people the dynamic of, again, if you only went to church, if you were, you know, if you only tithe, if you only, you know, did all of these kind of things that we've been conditioned to do, right. That there's almost like these action steps that if you don't do these action steps, then, you know, you're going to receive a curse upon you or, or not get the blessings of God. These are all misnomers that we need to really correct and take into account. And remember if that's your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your son and daughter, how would you feel if someone said that to you yeah. when they died or when they struggled yeah. or when they were going through a process? It would be hurtful. It would be very hard for you to process that and have confidence in the local church after that.
1: Reverend Percy, I, I love everything you've said. How do people, our listeners, our viewers, get a hold of your materials and listen to your podcast?
2: Yep. So I have two uh websites. The first website our Journey of Hope, not the, not a, Our Journey of Hope. If you're interested in free, and again, I underscore cancer care ministry training, just go to ourjourneyofhope.com and you can sign up for any of the free virtual classes. We will provide all of the curriculum and materials free of charge for you. Because go back and start your local, uh, a local cancer care ministry in your local church tomorrow. And then if you want to tune in to health. Hope and Inspiration. Just go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can listen to and archive any of all of the shows that we've had. New shows come out on a weekly basis. If you'd like to receive a new show every week, all you need to do is uh, subscribe with your first, last name, and email address, and we will send a new show out to you every Tuesday. And we have compelling conversations with people across the spectrum of the Cancer Care Continuum healthhopeandinspiration.com or ourjourneyofhope.com.
0: This is so inspirational. I'm so glad you do this. I'm so glad that we got to hear about it because it's a before and after moment for a lot of people who are listening and watching because they didn't know you existed and in our audience, and now they do. Or else if they knew you existed, they're going to be more fired up to tell everybody. I'm so encouraged. Thank you for being with us today. And we're just going to be praying for what you're
2: doing. We, We so believe in it. Well, pray for me. We have more to do, and we believe the best is still yet to come. And remember, guys, we've got work to do, so let's keep chopping the wood, okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we agree with it. And you heard it here. Keep chopping wood. And up next is Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. I'm Sean Bowles and I'm gonna invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online where you can attend a four week class or an event every month. Plus our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with Him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to BowlesMinistries.com and clicking on the Academy button.
1: Well, Sean, that was one of the more inspiring interviews that we've done. Reverend Percy just has so much personality, so much compassion, so much care, and he's leading a global organization.
0: I think it's so cool because, you know, we have the Online Spiritual Growth Academy, and we deal with subjects like healing and, you know, supernatural healing and the, the gifts of the Spirit and these kinds of things. But sometimes people lose their spiritual mind and intelligence and even their natural, just emotional intelligence for how God works because we're so looking for a result or the performance versus caregiving the person and loving the person. And so I think this is such a neat ministry because an organization, because it really helps us to be in touch with the heart of God for the people of God. Mm -hmm. And that's so rare. I mean, you could tell he believes in supernatural healing, but he is about the person. He's about the love mission. I'm just so inspired.
1: I remember decades ago, uh, my pastor Don Williams and I were some uh, people in our church had cancer and I was frustrated. Like, what is, this? is this just a game? Like God could heal him, but he's not. And, and he just looked at me and he said, Bob, what we do is we pray for people until they're healed or till they die, because it makes them feel cared for and loved. And once he, once he said that to me, I, I recognized that it isn't about this, this supernatural spiritual, instantaneous healing that God can do anytime He wants. It's more about the journey and the process of care for people who are going through something traumatic.
0: I agree. And the other thing I've noticed in the story of what he was doing was starting an organization that serves, in a greater way, an issue that's an underserved people group. And I think that there's a lot of people who are probably listening who you feel like, you know, maybe there's an issue, a special interest because of a child who died of something or because of a suffering you have because of a disability in your family or disability in your sphere and you don't feel like there's a whole lot to do about it, but you want to. And looking at Reverend Percy, I just thought he was so inspirational to see that he just took on the one mission with a PowerPoint with a bunch of pastors, 25 (laughs) pastors, and it turned into a worldwide organization. I mean, like, who knows what God could do? And it's not about the quantity, really, and it's not about being a worldwide organization, but it's about God wants to serve different people groups and give Christians spiritual intelligence on how to be an answer and a solution bringer to these issues. And I just thought, How cool is it to have an example organization like Reverend Percy's to be able to do
1: this? Exactly. And I I loved how he said he had no inkling that this would be his life and how (laughs) you have to follow God dropping these breadcrumbs and God doesn't tell you the exact end of the story. And for people who are entrepreneurs, people who are in business or people who are running nonprofits, it's so true. And that advice from him, we have to take to heart because... If we knew the whole end of the story, we'd probably blow up in our heads because it would be too much for us. And I, I just love where he's at right now. And I saw the awe and wonder in his life about where God's taken him and where he thinks God might take him in the future.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's an important note to to look at when you're pursuing a career that maybe you wouldn't have picked for yourself, but God picked for you and how much joy you can get out of it. And I just think of you and I, we've, we've both taken on things out of pure obedience that we love where we got to because of it. And it wasn't something we would have picked ourselves. That's the, the the beauty of following God with our organizations, with our purpose, with our lives, that we get to a destination that only God could bring us. And I just, it's a it's a beautiful thought.
1: Yeah, it really is. Well, Sean, we've wrapped up another episode and our listeners and viewers can go to com and become a partner and help support this podcast. And there's an incredible platform that they can sign up for to get incredible teaching. Well, Sean, thanks so much for doing this with me. I love doing it with you together.
0: Well, I love the conversations we're bringing up and I want to encourage you guys to come and comment on the conversations on YouTube or on Instagram on either Bob Haston or Sean Bowles. We'd love to hear from you in the future and we love your comments. And they help to guide the conversation where it's going to go because you guys are brilliant and some of the guests you've recommended and some of the people that we've met because of you. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace. With us, we have amazing resources for you on our website with free videos. Take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy. Or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together,
1: Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit bowlsministries.com This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.